Welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Justin Box. Let's welcome Justin as he comes to share this morning. Thank you. Good to see you. Isn't it good hearing American accents? It's so good. And that wasn't having a go. That was just showing that I can speak American if I want to. <laughs> hey, I'm um, so this morning, uh, let's see. Went to print my sermon and then the, there's no ink, okay? So it's a trial of life. Um, and then I went to start my, so I emailed myself and I was going to print it out here. Then I went to start my ute because I brought my ute home to clear some stuff out because we're thinking of selling. Um, we've told agents this is the price. Don't bring anyone through if they're not willing to pay it. So we're not going to put it on the market. Um, so that's the true story. Um, anyway, so I went to start my ute and it didn't start. Another trial of life. Well, it, it can be, depending on your perspective. Um, so, okay, bummer. What are my options? Message Brett, how quickly can you get here? There's a bit more love in it than that. But I thought, I've got some influence in his life. I could, you know. Anyway, he messaged back 10 minutes later, um, <laughs> which was fine. In that time, I rang Dad, whatever. Um, he couldn't get there. He would have got there about 15, 20 minutes. So then just Ubered it, 24, $24. That's expensive, but whatever. So got, got an Uber, and he was like three minutes away, so that's great. So then Brett said, do you still want me to come? I said, no. And then he goes, I said, I got an Uber, and Brett said, get him. <laughs> and I'm like, was already planning on it. <laughs> so then I'm in the car, and I'm talking to him, and again, we don't have conversations to manipulate people into converting them. Our overall heart and picture of success or goal in life is that we would influence people in such a way that they would um, come to experience the love of God, which would then um, draw them to Jesus, that the Holy Spirit would draw them to Jesus and they could say, you are the way, the truth and the life. That's the goal. But I have personally a hard time and God's working on me all the time, so I might be different in five years. But at the moment, I have a hard time with trying to, to stir the conversation around to God. You might say, oh, that's just normal. That's loving people. I'm like, yeah, okay, cool. Good on you and good on me. We're all on a journey. So I'm, so I'm, I'm just, I want to value him as a person, not have anything else in my mind. I want to fix on who he is and see him and know him and love him um, without trying to flick in Jesus at the end. And I know he needs Jesus. Um, so this, it's, a, it's this weird tension that we walk in. I get it's a tension. Um, my number one priority in life is to see people encounter God's love through a lot of different ways and means. Um, but I'm just on this journey of valuing people and then feeling valued. Because you can say, yeah, of course I value people. I preach Jesus to them. I'm like, well, have you asked them how they feel? So I'm just in this interesting journey. It's like at Match & Co. We've been developing a great relationship with them. And I've told him that I'm not trying to convert him. Um, the, guy, the guy out there, and, um, and someone gave him a track. And I'm not going to talk about tracks today, but someone gave him a track and left. And he came up to me immediately and gave me the track. And I read it, and it was pretty intense. 
Um, and I get ramifications, I get life choices, I get decisions that we make, and I get they do have eternal consequence. I totally get all that, and it's all true. Um, and then I, and I was like, huh, this hurts me. I went up to him, behind, and I walked behind the coffee machine. I said, how did that make you feel? Because that's really the, the key of life, is how you make people feel. Because how you make people feel, they'll open up or shut down. It's, a, it's the tipping point of influence, how you make people feel when you're around them. So I just said, how did that make you feel? And he said, like, I didn't measure up. <laughs> and I'm like, on behalf of, I didn't, I didn't say on behalf of him, I just said, on behalf of all this, I'm really sorry. So we just, we just and we're, we're, yeah, we caught up with him for dinner, and we're, Ken and I are having pizza with him this week, have a, a beer and pizza with him, him this week, and we're going to just hang out. And we're not trying to convert him. We're trying to do life with him and love him. And um, we'll share stuff with him, and that's great. And um, So anyway, Uber. So I'm like, yep, cool, cool, cool. I'm uh, thinking about um, this guy, and I'm just chatting with him. But then towards we get to church, and I'm like, hey, God, um, I want you to reveal yourself to him today. So show me something that I couldn't have known um, without you. So I just started filtering through a couple of things. Often when you're first learning, it will be the first thing because he's that good because you're in like a training mode and he's not going to dangle a carrot. So go with the first thing you think of when you're in that early time of practicing and growing and stepping out. Go with it. Go with it. It's like we do a prophetic activation right now. Go with the first thing that comes to mind. When we start to grow and develop, we do advanced prophetic, then you can filter stuff. Go, no, that didn't feel right. That was just sort of generic. And then you can lock into something and go, yep, I feel peace on that. Okay, I'm going to go with that. So I did that a little bit today. And I'm like, okay, it's neck, shoulder, back. I don't know where it is, but I'll just feel it out. Anyway, I said to him, hey, mate, um, just want to um, encourage you. Um, just want to pray for you. Have you got anything going on with your, your, your neck, shoulder or back? And he said, yeah, I've got this thing right up in here and it's sort of like in the middle of everything and I was like oh okay amazing so then I explained to him the whole situation of what's happening <laughs> like this is what's happening today with God's perspective of you your life me my ute not starting um, it's just a big setup um, and and again the setup I still had to do something because we're not robots so God can set something up and we can just sit there and don't say anything or do anything and that's okay because he still loves you, but he's calling us up and he's calling us out to influence. So then I started praying for him and I was really confident because I don't believe God, word knowledge isn't magic. And um, for people that can't, don't have the capacity to believe, I, I, I often get quite confident because God's not teasing us. So I started praying and he said it was about a seven or eight out of 10. I prayed and you should have seen him. It's so good. Um, his, his pain went to about four and I'm still working out this whole reduction thing, but that's okay. I want zero in a second, but um, we're on a process and we're on a journey. So I'll take four um, after a prayer because that's half the pain. Shivers. God just halved his pain. Can we just celebrate halving pain? So then he's like, my mind is blown. <laughs> so I'm chatting to him. I said, talk to me about that. Like physical pain aside, how are you feeling right now? And he's like, my mind is blown. And I'm like, okay, let's keep praying. So I prayed again because Jesus did. He prayed twice with the mud and the trees upside down and men and, you know, all that sort of story. You know the Bible. And then, um, 
And then he, and then he, he goes, oh, it's, getting, it's better, it's better. And then I, in my head, I was like, oh, it's just, it's going to go down to zero. And he's like, it's completely better. And he's going, oh, my mind is blown. I can't believe this. What is happening? And then I just shared about Jesus. I said, I'm not sure what religion are you, but I believe in Jesus. And um, I spoke to him about um, the, the process of transformation that we go on and how um, repenting is actually a really good thing. It's not a harsh word. I'm kind of started preaching now, just so you know. Um, so repenting, repenting is a really big deal in the Christian life. We think it's a harsh word, like you suck and you need to repent and turn or burn sort of thing, which my sister had on her bedroom wall when I was growing up. On her bedroom door that faced my door, it had turn or burn with flames at the bottom of it. Everybody, nah. Jesus. So that's okay. Hey, hey, hey. If anyone's judging my sister right now, you're just as bad. It worked. It w- yes, it was part of the process. He does use love as well. Um, so, no, I'm kidding. Don't start me. I probably threw you up against that same bedroom door. But um, anyway, where was I? I was repentance. So I started talking about repentance and how it's not a harsh word. How Jesus said he came, hey, repent for the kingdom of God is near. He didn't say you've got to jump through hoops and do rituals and routines, which is what they knew. So he said this whole kingdom deal is way different because we're representing a king and the king's domain, realm and authority. That's the kingdom. It's the, the kingdom. It's the king's domain, the realm and the authority and the rule of God. Everything that's perfect and pleasing and Everything that he wants to see happen is in that list and realm of the kingdom. So he, Jesus is saying, aware of the times and what they grew up on, he's saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. And that word near means is within reach. So he's making it accessible for people because God so loved the world. So I love this whole kingdom deal the, the, and that it's within reach and Jesus is using the word repent and often we'll look at all that and we'll say, oh no, but repent is harsh. You better repent or you'll go to hell. And we use this sort of language and it's like you better repent. And it's like I've got to repent, repent. And we get this weird, 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 this whole weird deal about the word repent. And the word repent is the word metanoia, the Greek word, and it means to change one's mind. So I'm telling him this in a really paraphrased version, but I'm saying, hey, buddy, um, I didn't say buddy because that's patronising because um, he's older than me, um, but I said, hey, mate, this is the deal. You've, been, you've grown up with a whole system and understanding of religion and Jesus came and they were too and he said, hey, you've got to change the way that you think about God and yourself and what that does is it makes the kingdom actually manifest and come really close to you in, within touching distance. And I said, and I did the same thing. And I said, what's happening to you today is you're being challenged to change the way that you think about God because he's come near. The, Jesus said in John, I think 12, that he prayed for someone and he says, the kingdom has come upon you. It's only mentioned once, that sort of phrase. Everywhere else is the kingdom is at hand, the kingdom has come near, um, you've experienced the kingdom, da-da-da-da, there's lots of mentions of the kingdom. And Jesus made this interesting point when someone was healed, he said, the kingdom has come upon you. So I'm trying to explain to this guy that something's changed in his life today. And it's a, I said to him, this is a tipping point moment in your life. And he was completely healed. 
And that's this morning because my ute didn't start. Can we cheer Jesus? And I'm like, the first time I came here, I was hungover, sitting in the back row where Frank is, and, I, and I'm just not sure what's going on. And that was like 18 years ago. And I didn't know what was probably 19 years ago, and I didn't know what was going on. Then a few weeks later, God started to touch me, and, and I went into the back room, and Kathy Scott had some donuts in the back room for the welcome lounge. And I'm sitting in that back room, and it's now my office. And it's 19 years ago. Like, we're on a process. We're on a journey and we're in a process. I spoke about Peter last week and how Jesus went over as they were fishing. He was with his brother Andrew. Simon, also known as Peter, was with his brother Andrew. And Jesus went over to him and said, hey, follow me. And the Bible says immediately they followed him. And that started a journey with Jesus. And then we looked at Acts 5. And it talked about, hey, there was so much stuff happening. The kingdom was being spoken about and released and demonstrated. And there was such a commotion that, that literally it was being turned upside down. The cities, crowds were following and it was, it was really good chaos. And the Bible says that, that the miracles of sign of wonders were breaking out so much that people would gather the sick on mats and drag them into the street so that Peter's shadow may fall on them and heal them. So we've got this, this journey of Peter being called and not knowing anything into now his shadow healing people. You've got the same testimony of where you were and where you are now. I was back row here. Like I was, phys- this is my mind, this is how I think. I was physically in this building 19, 20 years ago with long, beautiful hair. <laughs> and I'm, I'm tearing up at the song For This Cause. I think it's track eight on For This Cause, self-titled album. Um, Hill song, and Jesus, all I need is you. All I need is you, Jesus. I'm crying. I'm like, what is this? What is happening to me? And now I look here and I'm like, okay, this isn't the end. <laughs> Like this morning, P.S., this morning's, I won't say more important than right now. I won't say that because that might offend some people. But it's as important. Like this morning in the Ubers is, uh, it's so close. It could be more important to me, to be honest. Um, but it's such a big deal that I live this out. And that's what, I, that's what I burn for. And I'm like, okay, so this morning is, is, is a picture of success to me. Because I didn't think I'd ever see stuff like that when I was dreaming about the shadow and Peter healing people back 15 years ago when I first started reading the Bible. And I'm like, okay, so that stuff's happening now. So what, do I need to up my dreams? <laughs> like I want to see the dead raised. Like I, I want to have a pass. That, and God's going to have to do a lot because I freak out at accidents. Um, freak out. But I, so God's going to have to do a lot in me to be able to have access into accidents and see people raised. But that's, I feel like that's on me. You know what I mean? Um, so it's a really big deal, but I'm like, it's such a process, like it's such a journey. And I caught up with Al the other day, um, and we had coffee, and we're just talking about like life. And we, he's like, if we, we're almost talking like life's just a big trial, but our message is so full of hope, and we're like, like laughing, going, it's it's life, like it's we're so used to having an outcome mindset that I've just got to get through the trial. Like, I've just got to get through it. I've just got to get through it. So then I'm awesome. But 
and he's like, is it weird that we, say, that, that, we, that we say that but there will be another one? And I'm like, nah, like, our message is so positive and full of hope, but we've never been one to deny reality, but it's in the context of hope. It's in the context of who he is. So last week, I was talking about this journey and this process that we're on with being called to what we want to see. And how we often get really weird with having a, a destination mindset. We have an outcome mindset so that it's all about one day, what if, if I get there, if I can do this, once the kids are grown up, once I pay off this, and we're, we just, we, we're once, 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 once. But, but, I, but I feel like God wants to give us a perspective of our process. The Lord wants to give us clarity and an upgrade in thinking in our journey. And I made the comment last week, what if we view our life and all the stuff that we go through as this is our triumph unfolding rather than I've just got to get through it? Because it's the the things that you go through, and you know hindsight, you've gone through things in life and now you look back on them and, 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 and although you don't want to go through it again, you wouldn't change a thing. It's hindsight. And it's looking back, but you see the hand of God on it. And often in the middle, you don't see the hand because you're head down, bottom up, and you're just sort of trying to get through it. But guaranteed, every trial, you can look back and go, there he was. But I I reckon there's another level for us to go to, and it's actually doing it with him in the trial, having him close in the trial, talking to him in the trial, going deeper in the word in the trial, being more consistent at church in the trial, hanging out with Christians um, that, that love the Lord and are doing really well in the trial. I think there's an upgrade to, to, for us as a, a body in the trial. So our mindset isn't, I've just got to get through it because the test and the trial and the tribulation and the, and the things that will contest and oppose are critical I love what Bill Johnson said. He said that every word that you get must be opposed. And it's not getting into there's a demon under every rock territory because who knows that he's defeated, disarmed and disempowered, which is again a mindset, which is a belief. You can believe it or not. And guess what activity you'll have if you don't believe it? Again, we're on a journey and he's gracious and kind. But this whole journey process, I feel like he really wants to take us into an upgrade where we can actually smirk in a trial because we know we're getting an upgrade. It's not denial. It's not positive thinking. It's not blocking our ears and saying, la, 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 it's going to be okay, it's going to be okay. It's actually recognizing who Jesus is to you. So I want to talk about a couple of things um, that I feel are going to be key for us in this process. It's really healthy to have a picture of success. Businesses have a picture of success. We've identified a picture of success um, with this church, and we've got five key areas that we're, we're working on and building in, and that's really important. But it's not successful if just they happen in two years' time. The journey's pivotal and we learn and we grow. The journey is about growing. It's about developing. It's about becoming. It's about being this foundation that he can pour everything that you want to see on. Because if he doesn't actually do that work in you, we'll actually get to a point where we can't handle what he has for us. 
We go back in the Old Testament, we look at David's testing and, and journey. There were so many breakthroughs in that time of, here's the prophecy about you being king, but then here's the king, like decade later, like it's full on. And we've got Joseph's story, we've got Abraham's story, we've got Moses' story, we've got Joshua's story, we've got Elisha's story with wanting to have the double portion from Elijah and him having to stick by Elijah. And if he was with him on that day, then he would get a double portion. And we've got this whole thing in the, in the whole Bible about process and journey. And yet we want things instant. But if we have them instant, the, the blessing of God and the prophecy fulfilled of God in the wrong season will crush us. We actually won't be able to hold it. We won't be able to live it out because it's so big. We've got to develop in it. We've got to develop in this process. And that's why stewarding words, prophetic words that you've got, you don't need another prophetic word. You'll get them and they're awesome. But we've got heaps. The Bible says let's take careful manage of them and start to fit into our prophetic words. So I just want to share a couple of things today that I feel will be really pivotal for our journey of becoming for our journey of um, stepping into what we feel like the, the Lord has in store for us. Is that okay? I mean, we could all, you'd have different opinions on what's important, but I've got a few, and I won't touch on all of them today, so don't freak out that I've left some off. First one is the importance of divine encounters. The importance of having consistent, regular divine encounters with the Lord. I want to, uh, the, they won't be up there because this was last night. Did prepare really well, but the Lord was stirring. So I was watching, had the women's football on in the background and I was doing my sermon. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 3 to 4. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge, that word Ginisco, intimately acquainted with, through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. I'm going to read that verse again. His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and goodness. Verse 4. Though through these, through these, through these, he has given us his very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. So you could pick apart that for a couple of weeks because there's step one, step two, step three. And we can go, we can even start from the, the back part and go, okay, well, this means that if I do that, and then this means that if I do that. So that would be a great one to dig in and spend some time with the Lord because there's, there's cause and effect all throughout that. If you do this, this will release this. If you do this, this will release this. He's given us these great and precious promises the great and precious promises he's given us. Every promise is yes and amen. It's available now for us. The issue is belief. And then he says, these were given to you so that through them, you might participate, participate in the divine nature. We were designed to experience God on a level that wasn't just in text. 
The Bible's foundational and pivotal and crucial and authoritative and, and can't be added to or taken from. And it's the foundation of our life, but it points us and pulls us towards the one who wrote it. We look at the word knowledge and we think knowledge, but it's not the word knowledge. It's the word genisco, which is a deep love that surpasses knowledge. It goes beyond knowledge. It goes beyond education. And, and that's our theme forever, to experience God. I love what Bill says. Many will stop short of a divine encounter because they are satisfied with good theology. The Word of God is to lead us to the God of the Word. Again, I love that. I love what he's marking us as a church is to not swing out here and get weird and go back there and get weird and go, it's just about this and it's just about this. But he's like, in this day across the church, he's bringing everything in. He's like, I wrote it all. I love it all. It can be done together. Is that cool? Ephesians 2.6. Let's get our hearts around this one. And God raised us up. You can read all about that in Romans 6. Dead to sin. Don't have a sinful nature. Dead to sin, alive to God. I think dead's mentioned 20 times in Romans 6. Go and read that. It'll change everything. And God raised us up with Christ. We died with Him and we were raised with Him. And He seated us with Him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus. The Bible says that our life is hidden in Christ. And the Bible says that actually right now we are seated in heavenly places. There is another realm and it's the normal realm of God. There's nothing normal and natural about God because he's always existed. He hung the earth on nothing. He stretched out the northern skies over empty space. Like he set the sea its boundary. He, he, he thought up this whole deal. You see the David Attenborough specials. I'm amazed by it. I said to Lee, there's probably one happening now that we won't see for four years. You look at that for a while and put, put, put a little bit of uh, soaking music on in the background and have an encounter with God and look at what he did. <laughs> yeah? Like, like he's so big, there's nothing normal about him. Look at our veins and arteries and the, the 12 systems of our body. There's nothing, you can say it's a physical body. There's nothing natural or normal about the brain and the, and the firing of cells. And I'm not going to go there because I don't know exactly what's going on up there. But um, I'm sounding like a doctor or like a guru, firing neons and uro... Oh. Um, but... Um, but there's nothing normal and natural about him. And it's opposite to how we think, because we think, Paul says there's a pattern of thinking in the world and it's logic and reason. So we're even logical and reasonable about this morning. I'm good with four songs, good with a message, good with a couple of words of knowledge, good with maybe some prayer time, but outside of that, no thanks, because it's scary. Another message for another day. But I want to challenge you that right now you're seated with Christ in heavenly places. It's why you can step into another perspective and see people the way he sees them. It's just a thought. It's a belief. And it's a thought. It's like, you know, I'm in the car. I'm with the Uber guy. But I'm in heavenly places. Yeah? So I'm in the Uber. I'm physically there. 
but my spirit's been made one with Christ and I'll never die. I was always a spirit. I was always, that spirit always had a character. I always had a character in all of eternity. You had a character and a nature. The, the way that you were wired isn't physical. It's immaterial. And that's the part that connects with God. It's the word spiritual in the Greek, immaterial. The, the part of a person that can only connect with God. Of course, we feel God on him. And I will touch about that in a minute. But I'm sitting in the Uber and I'm seated in heavenly places. Now, the power of that reality is dependent on my value and belief in the reality. And if I don't believe it, he'll honour me by just meeting me where I believe him at. And he'll just speak to me through the Bible. And as I said, we love the Bible. But if we're open and willing to change and transform and become, then he, it's going to require us to transform the way that we can think so that we can think like him. Because I didn't used to think like that. I didn't think I could have a thought about someone else. I thought that was just Jesus. And Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, I saw you under the fig tree, Nathaniel. That kind of stuff. It's like, it's, it's supernatural. It's not normal. He didn't have a camera set up. And, oh, yeah, it's Nathaniel under the tree. Hey, buddy, I saw you under the tree. It's not about that. He saw it in the spirit. He saw it in a vision. He saw it in his mind. He had an impression. God speaks more than just through the text. But if we box him in, he'll stay there and he'll honor you where he's at because he's amazing. And he'll still speak to you through that means. But he wants to open us up. Why? Because we're on a journey. We're on a journey. And for us to keep growing glory to glory, strength to strength, the means in which he speaks and communicates and you encounter him has to keep increasing. Moses, burning bush, what the heck? And he went over, he did something. Red Sea, standing up like two aquarium walls, walk through it, come on. Saw God passing by, the back of God, the goodness of God, couldn't share the full thing in the cleft of the rock. You've read it? Exodus. He had glory over his face when he came down from the mountain and he had to cover it because it was too intense. They had to put sunnies on, but they didn't have sunnies. So they just got a veil and put it over Moses' face. It's the same Moses that spoke to God as a friend, not like a friend, as a friend. So we're on a journey of becoming friends of God, aren't we? We can stay as sons and daughters, but he's calling us into friends. What's the difference? Friends know what the master's doing. Friends know what his will is. Friends, when friends know what the will's doing, they get to live it out. But if we don't have divine encounters, we're going to stay. We're just, we're going to stay down here and not, not kick up into seated in heavenly places. We need a perspective upgrade for our, for our trials. We need a perspective upgrade for our process. Are we okay? Elijah, how's this for Elijah? He caused the rain to cease for three and a half years. Just boom, you're not going to rain. Didn't rain. And we think he must be special. Miracle of the barrel of, of meal and the, the, um, the jar of oil. You can read about this in Kings. The resurrection of the widow's son, calling down fire from heaven, causing it to rain, parting the Jordan, being caught up in a whirlwind. He didn't die physical. He got caught up in a whirlwind. Him and Enoch, just amazing. They didn't die. Physical death. They got caught up. There's another realm that we can get to. And it's not so we can say, I'm a guru, I'm in this realm, and I'll just be weird in the corner talking to angels. It's not about that. 
It's about actually influencing and growing in favor and intimacy with the Lord. Encounters are for intimacy. Encounters are for intimacy. And, and, they, and they mark us as a person. They form our identity and they create intimacy. Divine encounters form our identity and they create intimacy, which then just causes us to influence everywhere we go. When we become like Jesus... Try not to influence the world everywhere you go. Try not to hear things about people that you couldn't have known apart from the Spirit of God. And then we get to this James 5.17 because we think Elijah, he must have been some guru. He must have been some different kind of cat. But then we got James and I love it. James says, Elijah was as human as we are. And he wasn't born again. He didn't have the indwelling presence in him. He just had a few bursts around him and on him. Elijah was a human as we are, and yet when he prayed earnestly that no rain would fall, none fell for three and a half years. Then when he prayed again, so he's like, I think it's time. Then when he prayed again, the sky sent down rain and the earth began to yield its crops. Elijah was a man just like us. David was a man just like us. Moses was a man just like us. But there was something that they believed and they got into this realm with God where there was moments that they actually changed God's mind. Wow, I need an hour there. I don't want to end that weird. I feel like God already knew what was going to happen because he knows everything. (laughs) So I'll say that, I'll say that really clearly, that God knows everything from start to finish and that he never gets caught off guard. But I feel like he invites us into this process with him where we get to remind him of who he already is. Does that make sense? So God is going to do something. He's going to kill everyone up on the mountain. I'm going to kill them all because they're making images of gold. And Moses is like, hey, mate, (laughs) mate, Mates, not a good idea. He starts saying, these are your people. This is who you are. This is what you're going to do. And God's like, okay, mate. Okay, mate. Let's not. Same thing happened with Abraham. Not going to go into that story. But the amount of people, if I can find 50 righteous, I won't kill the city. And Abraham got him down to like five. Abraham, a friend of God. There's another level that we can get to in this journey of partnering with God. When you can learn how to partner with God and get an upgrade from son and daughter into friendship, your perspective of trials change because you're friends with him. It's not this distant thing where I wonder where we're going, God. This trial's so hard. You talk to him in it. Why am I feeling like this? Oh, this is why you're feeling like this. It's like, oh, wow. Hey, I need you to heal me. Okay, let's have a time, a divine encounter. I need you to heal me, God. This is what I'm believing. A divine encounter opens up this realm of identifying lies and replacing it with truth. If Mitch could jump up, that'd be awesome. Divine encounters for the journey. If we don't have divine encounters in the journey, then we don't actually become friends with God. We don't grow in this process of becoming closer. We don't believe that we're seated in heavenly places. So every time we go through stuff, which is most of life, (laughs) it's like life. 
Like it's not mountaintop to mountaintop. It's probably more accurate to just be like this. But like Paul said, consider it pure joy when you go through trials of many kinds. They all look different. Why could he say that? It's because he had a perspective upgrade. Maybe, it, maybe a few things happen when, because the Bible says that Paul was caught up to the third heaven. And he heard things and saw things that he wasn't, um, he wasn't able to share. He didn't even write that stuff down. So maybe it was up there in that third heaven realm, because there's different realms. We know that because the Bible says there's the third heaven. So maybe it was an encounter in that realm, in the seated in heavenly places realm, that he got the perspective upgrade so that now he saw from heaven to earth. So maybe now it's not, oh, I'm, of course we're in this process of sanctification and conforming into the image of God and becoming, but I really feel like we're becoming who we already are. Like our life is about unraveling and unpacking who we already are. Like if we really believe the work of Jesus in our life and what he actually did on the cross, like he said, it's finished. Peter said, you've been given everything you need for life and godliness. Can we have the communion handed out? It's the third quote from Bill today, but I like the guy. He makes a statement about the journey. I've got one, mate. Thank you so much. He makes a statement about the journey and the process that we're on. And he said, we have to understand the difference with account and possession. He says, everything is in your account, but not everything is in your possession. So we can go through the whole Old Testament and New Testament. We look at the Old Testament we have to be aware that there's some things that translate through and get redefined and there's some things that never go through and they go. Like cleanse my heart, make me pure. He did that on the cross. So we can get caught into praying, my heart's bad, make me have a new heart. It's a great noble prayer but reworded a bit different because he's already done that. He's upgrading our thinking for the trial. He's upgrading our thinking to have a greater perspective of what's going on in this process. Because this process, this whole deal can be joyous, even through the tough times. Can we stand to our feet when we get communion in our hands? Divine encounters release the manifest presence. They open our eyes to signs, wonders and miracles, to dreams and visions, to the angelic, to the prophetic realm, to the glory realm, which are all offensive to the natural mind. It's, it's possible to believe in God, but there can be a disconnect between believing all of those things 
Holy Spirit, thank you, God, for this process and for this journey. I thank you that we're all on a journey, that you're invested and involved in our life, God. The, the, the work that you started in us, you are bringing that out to completion. And I thank you, God, that you're highlighting certain things that are pivotal for the journey. A, a life of believing for miracles and signs and wonders and breakthrough and, and culture, and, uh, cities transformed and, and culture to be established by kingdom principles, for prison systems to be changed, for, for this whole culture to be transformed by you. If we want all that thing to happen, it's all supernatural and all is impossible without the Spirit of God. So God, help us actually go on a journey of experiencing you with those things personally.